With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Last week, we said Paula Levine wrote a decent article, and she replied, Hold my beer. Curtis Blackwell's attorneys have officially started a GoFundMe. In an attempt to flee coronavirus, Big Ten basketball players are heading for weaker pastures. And finally, we dig into your mountain of Twitter questions. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the man who has just put in a very competitive offer on the land shark $20 or two shark bowls. Kevin Greck. Greck, how you holding up? Well, we moved some money around. You know how it is. <laughs> shark bowls available, it's on the market. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> to buy what is a prime piece of real estate right now let me tell you very Having just very reliable revenue stream at the moment just been downtown east lansing earlier today and it is hopping right now so <laughs> i'd be a fool to pass up on that <laughs> uh i think at this point in time that management probably would take two shark bulls to just be done with it um of course, folks, thanks for listening. If we could ask a small favor, please share this podcast with the Spartans in your life. Give us a follow on Twitter at Spartan underscore pod. And please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Uh, I am due to check in on those those uh, ratings, and I cannot wait to see what people have written. My mom great. hasn't let me know about anything new, so there can't be anything too embarrassing. <laughs> Uh, of course, we want to let you know about our continuing presenting sponsor, Fraser's Pub. Um, Fraser's, obviously, you know, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on Packard Street, as you well know, they've been shut down during, um, you know, the the shelter in place order that's in effect. But we would encourage you, if you're in the spirit to to help support some local businesses, please give us a DM or email us on uh, at uh, can'treadcan'twrite1855 at gmail.com, and we'll make sure to point you in the right direction so you can purchase some gift cards. Um, Fraser's Pub, we, we continue to appreciate them being a presenting sponsor. And uh, Kevin, though, this is a pretty exciting show because we actually have a second real sponsor. That's right. <laughs> Uh, which we will get to. The whole rest of the economy is contracting. We've doubled our sponsors. (laughs) It is a weird time to be alive. Uh, (laughs) But uh, we will, uh, of course, introduce you to that second sponsor right before our Twitter questions. Don't worry, folks. Our not a sponsor will continue to be a staple of the show. Um, Of course, uh, we always start the show off uh, with a segment we call The Green Wall, where we take a look at some of the stories that have been dominating uh, MSU headlines over the past week. We then uh, head to a segment we call Off Grand River, where we cover some of the headlines around the country, and then wrap things up with your Twitter questions. You know, we'll start previewing games whenever that happens again. Um, 
And uh, do we want to go over the drinking game rules, Kevin, or do we just want to shout it out when it happens? What's that? The is drinking that game rules? Yeah, yes, no. that is one. Yes. The crack of the beer? There we yep. go. Everybody got drink. a drink. Is this a real thing? What do you got yes. over there today, uh, uh, by the way? I am doing the Slightly Mighty Locale IPA by Dogfish Head, uh, being okay. that I'm right next to Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. It's kind of like all Dogfish Head all the time here. Have you been to Dogfish Head? I've heard that's a, a pretty nice little brew pub to go visit. Yeah, it's real nice. I mean, it's right next to the beach. Um, they got a very cool setup. I would definitely stay away from the, what is it, the 120-minute IPA. Um, they just have, for the alcohol content, they just have a range. Like, mm-hmm. they're not sure where it falls. It'll be somewhere between 18 and 22%. <laughs> <laughs> Slash, you get one. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's we very can- nice. We've got a uh, Hey Diddle Diddle Mike Sadler tribute beer over here from Lovely. Uh, Atwater. So, uh, Sadler up the middle. Um, up the middle. Yeah, we'll just call the rules out when we see them, but do know cans opening, drink, um, and uh, what are the other big ones that'll probably be coming up today? Anytime you want to rip on Curtis Blackwell but hold back, and if and when I say I used to be a lawyer are probably... <laughs> oh, and of course, when Greg says something stupid. Or belligerent. So, yes. <laughs> I think we've covered them all. So let's get to our first segment, the green wall. Uh, let's start with what always leads, football. Football. Um, football. And we will start with a Curtis Blackwell update. Why not? Yes. Uh, well, actually, this... Go ahead. Go ahead. You're the oh, I was lawyer. Say... <laughs> yeah, so for those who don't know, I used to be a lawyer. Drink. Uh, but, you know, we've been, we've been uh, chronicling the, the Curtis Blackwell story and the, you know, the allegations that have been thrown out, how they have been... Um, at best inappropriate and that the Mark D'Antonio's attorneys had asked for some pretty severe sanctions. Mm -hmm. Uh, the judge, the magistrate judge ultimately recommended those sanctions and we are awaiting a, the federal district judge to, to potentially accept that recommendation, which is pretty commonplace though, you know, given the severity of them, I expect a bit of a closer look, but what is quite funny, we, we had discussed, how much Mark D'Antonio's lawyers had had cost, and w- and we got some figures. Kevin, do you want to you want to lay it out there? Well, they're seeking about two hundred fifteen thousand dollars for fees, right? So, yes. <laughs> but that doesn't cover all of it, right? Isn't there uh, additional? Where else? What else was there? There was oh more boy. in that article. Yes, this is a waterfall when we're looking things up. Uh, we don't have to. What's important is damages total 215K. So Curtis Blackwell has two attorneys. And how will this get divvied up, do you think? How would this <laughs> normally go? Uh, so uh, they, they probably will be assigned uh, equally to the attorneys, though it may well be that one of the attorneys is the lead on the case. I think that's Warnicki, um, who is the one who uh, also may have to stand before the judge on whether he gets to keep his law license. So the moral of the story is, uh, you know, I thought it, it was just Patterson close to the sun. They, they wanted to sanction in that way. Isn't Patterson the one that's like 
super ambulance chasey and where Nikki is the one that actually has a law office. You are right. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm okay. so sorry to warn Nikki. You have so much integrity. I didn't mean to defame you in any way. And um, as our Twitter handle pointed out, really good taste. Sharp dresser. The old, <laughs> the the old salmon red on shirt, salmon. pink tie, salmon on salmon look. Mm. Sharp. With, with black. Like If he had gone blue, at least it would have been a little bit better. <sighs> anyway, um... So it'll be, you know, we're not expecting, um, it ends up being that the, the process involved for, to getting the federal district judge to, to make a ruling on this is going to take a little bit longer than I had anticipated before. Um, we're likely still a few weeks out on this. And um, frankly, you, you tack that on to the, the way that courts have slowed down in light of coronavirus that, you know, don't expect the ruling anytime soon. So that just gives uh, gives him more time to get the old GoFundMe going. Um, <laughs> he's going to lose this house. Um, let's talk a little bit of recruiting. Um, yeah. Because there's been some buzz, some maybe a little bit of negativity out there in the universe about mm. MSU football recruiting, uh, and that we haven't we haven't landed a, a commit yet for 2021. What's your take on this, Kevin? <laughs> Well, uh, do you think maybe it's a strange time to be attempting to recruit? Um, are sure other <laughs> schools racking up the commitments right now? Because I don't get the impression that they are. Am I wrong about that? Uh, I, I mean, they're doing better, but you know that is sure. that is likely, almost certainly, players that they got in on probably their junior year. Yeah. Um, you know, likely had a visit to the campus, though not always. I have seen some people commit to schools that they've only been able to do a virtual visit. Um, and, you know, their coaching staff hasn't been in place for like all of 10 seconds. So, yeah. um, which I think more interesting is the number of, the number of high-level recruits that I'm seeing for which we are making, um, you know, their, their top 10 or their top seven um, with, you know, the the likes of, Alabama's and um, Auburn's LSU, you know, it, it's considering everything that's happened. I think it is, I don't want to say flattering, but at least redeeming that we got serious consideration pretty quickly. And what percentage of these guys do you think Mel Tucker's actually been able to meet with? How long has he actually been on the road recruiting as MSU's head coach? Between being hired and yeah. the coronavirus Hiring stuff, staff. it's what in a, a month? Yeah, and maximum dude, something and like that. Dude started just slinging offers out there, mm-hmm. and you know got and has continues to get some very serious consideration pretty quickly. I, I, I can appreciate maybe that people wish that there were you know some recruits coming our way, but let's take a collective chill pill and chill pill people like it's all things considered really just fine it's fine it's gonna be okay we may not even play football next season so you know <laughs> stop. uh stop <laughs> just saying Don't put that um, evil out there mike jones i i'm just you know uh what's the uh hope for the best plan for the worst uh sure. i'm sort of just mentally getting myself uh ready so for it yeah, so for the inevitable. I, um, what do you think about this idea? This isn't on our list about football in spring next year. 
Can you imagine the logistical hurdles of something like that? If football, if sports is all about television, I mean, I think they'd make it work because they'd have college football. But like, can you imagine like the amount of stuff that would have to change and other events and other things on the media calendar that would shift as a result? And then just the logistics of what the team practicing all winter and then playing in the spring and then practicing over the summer and then playing again in the fall. That's the, yeah, that's uh, a, that's a lot of wear and tear on the body too. I, I like would the NCAA have to like reduce the number of games or like reduce well, the you, amount of play time or uh, practice time or something. I, well, don't know. I mean, they are known for really being all about the student athletes. So mm-hmm. I, I expect whatever they do is in their best interests. Um, cause they've never messed that up. Um, no, it, it, it's a fair question. Look, I would be relieved, I think is maybe the, the word I would use if, if there was a plan that was executable to just, you know, say you're going to have football. Like I, I think I would genuinely feel better if they, if they said, I, I mean, I would be sad if there was no fall football, but if I, I would rather there be spring football announced versus starting fall football and having to end the season like three games in because we were hitting a second wave or just them flirting with the maybe, 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 and then nothing. And, and selfishly to, in an attempt to be more competitive, you know, being robbed of spring practices really hurts MSU. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not great for anybody, but it really hurts a brand new coaching staff that it has had, zero time to install a playbook yeah so you know i'm i'm good with it and especially if they can just you know we can have march madness going on while football season is happening can you imagine can you imagine the listens we would be getting oh (laughs) if we had both football like real football news and real basketball news Mm -hmm, and we didn't have mm -hmm. to manufacture this and speculate (laughs) oh yeah no it would be fantastic um yeah, so no, it, it is a it is a plan that's sort of being uh, floated out there. Um, we'll see. I I, I do. I, I guess I will say I was impressed that the NCAA moved what within within forty eight hours we went from maybe we'll do uh, the March Madness with with no fans to no fans to no. canceled. I mean, like in the blink of an eye. So I gotta believe yeah. that they're at least a taking it seriously and b. The, the, whatever the plan is, I, I hope is they're at least in planning mode right now. Oh, I mean, the NCAA just took a big hit not hosting the tournament. So yeah, they, I don't they think need they want to take a pass on football as well. So no, 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 no. Anyway, let's let's talk some basketball. Yeah. All right. Um, so we teased not, it at the top. Yeah, it's not a, it's not it's not good stories in basketball this week. Um, no. So last week we discussed the situation involving Brock Washington um, Mm -hmm. and that for, you know, the, the complaints about uh, Paul Levine that, you know, there, there seemed to be substantiated and solid evidence claims of, of sexual assault. And that if we're serious about believing women, um, particularly considering that it's a, a second offense that, you know, um, we may not like Paula, but she had a well-reported story. <laughs> and then Paula says, hold my beer. 
Indeed. Tell, tell the folks what happened next. So uh, the headline of the next story is Tom Mizzo reaches out to witness Sought or out. something like that. Sought, Sought out, out witness. Um, of course, the, the actual, the meat of the story is a little bit more nuanced than that. So um, in the initial complaint against Brock Washington, this is the groping complaint from several years ago. There was a friend of his that was consulted as a witness uh, that night. Uh, what's his name? Braden? Brandon? Where is it? Do we write Braden, it down? Sm- Braden Smith. Braden Smith, son of Steve Smith, was apparently in the dorms that night um, with that group of people when uh, we now have more information about what, you know, Brock Washington's behavior and the whole incident. But uh, after that time and before the Title IX investigators reached out to Braden Smith, there are reports that Tom Izzo uh, spoke. Tom Izzo and Dwayne Stevens, at least, uh, spoke to Braden Smith about what happened that night to make sure that he was okay and to remind him to be, I think the word was responsible. Um, what was not emphasized in the report, but is very relevant to the situation is that Braden Smith, son of Steve Smith, has been close to the program his whole life. And indeed, upon looking at his uh, social media profiles, is very close to the team generally. So uh, there's a bit of a nuance there. There was a subject matter expert consulted for the piece. It's not clear. Who is a paid consultant? A paid consultant. Um, it's not clear if he had all the information about Braden Smith and his connections with the program when he went on the record, you know, with his statements. Um, I I think we both agree, you and I, or maybe I'm speaking for myself. Let me know that in an ideal world, Tom Izzo and the in the coaching staff would not have reached out to what is in fact, a witness to an alleged a sexual, assault. sexual assault. Yes. Yeah. Uh, not, you don't even have to say alleged. He pled, um, to a, he pled guilty. to assault, to assault. So, um, so yes, on paper, we would strongly prefer that that did not happen, but it doesn't allow for the nuances. A of the prior relationship with Tom Izzo B with the fact that Braden Smith is around the program all the time. So it's not clear what steps would have had to have been taken to remove entirely communication or see the nature of that discussion, which in the reporting in the police report that Braden Smith, um, the, I should say the statement that he made to police, uh, said that, you know, it was just a check-in to make sure that he was okay. And that he was being, again, I think responsible was the word with that in mind. Um, I think the local media um, and the rest of the national media have done a pretty reasonable job of reporting the incident, but not belaboring it. Um, I, uh, speaking for myself, I'm not totally comfortable with it, but I also don't think this is a fireable offense and I don't, I don't know all the relationships. I don't have all of the information that I need to, um, to come to a conclusion that, that perhaps, you know, that Tom is needs to be further investigated for something like this. 
Uh, what was your thought? What was your main takeaway as a former lawyer? <laughs> um, by the way, I cracked a can. You need to drink. Uh, the, so, yeah, I, the, the headline to the article, and for quite some time in the article, they really bury the lead on this in, in the sense that, um, you know, Tom Izzo did reach out to someone that I'm pretty sure that training now would suggest he should not have done. Yes. Um, that said, he was cleared by the Office of Institutional Equity, right? I'm getting the acronym correct, right? Um, OIE. Yes, yep. OIE. Uh, and the uh, Braden Smith himself said that he you know that this wasn't them doing fact gathering this wasn't them you know doing this was them checking in on him it, I, I think there was a, an attempt to understand literally what happened but not like a a questioning of what did you see blah 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 um and and given that <laughs> Braden smith views tom Izzo as as a godfather um it seems to me you you wouldn't make that pronouncement about somebody unless you had a very personal relationship. Um, again, you know, I think it is a a scenario where everyone can understand why Izzo did it and not assign malice to him or, you know, not even necessarily malice, but just some sort of conniving or, you know, devious plan. But can also say, man, I just wish you wouldn't have done it, you know? Um, yeah. Though I don't know, I don't know that Tom Izzo is the guy that we all love. If he doesn't do that kind of a thing either, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't know. But so, yeah, I, I, we're we're fairly aligned there. There's nothing about this that indicates to me um, that that there needs to necessarily be more. Um, maybe you know, um, if MSU came back with a a pretty aggressive uh, statement essentially denouncing the reporting on this mm -hmm. um you would i think rightly when we discussed it uh had rightly pointed out that you it wasn't a good look when msu has done this before when angler was around yeah um and so maybe that's not great i i do <laughs> you know for as much as we we've sort of joked about bill beekman being maybe a little bit of an empty suit um it, i i guess i you know I don't. I want to be. I want to be careful when I say this because the the desire to defend the institution above all else is um, really a massive character flaw. Um, but I, I guess the best way of saying it is I appreciated seeing some personality from Bill Beekman is maybe the the best way of saying it. Sure. Um, but that I I I think they they could have maybe been a little bit aggressive. They, if they wanted to be aggressive. I think they could have said those things, uh, some of those things, and still maybe said, while we firmly believe that Tom Izzo didn't do anything wrong in, you know, in a continuing effort to to improve our processes, um, you know, the athletics department is undergoing a, a, you know, an additional training on Title IX procedures. There is something mm -hmm. to that effect. They, they could have handled it a little bit better, um, but... I I do I do I do think there is something to legitimately being angry at ESPN for not really giving the appropriate context to the story. 
on it, mm-hmm. and again it, this is even more infuriating because last week despite a lot of people being upset with with Paula Levine we said she wrote a good story an important story and one that that you know as Spartans we we need to take very seriously and then to come out with this story a week later, which, by the way, I, I got to believe these were somewhat timed on purpose for what Michigan State should have been doing right now. Um, it just seemed it, it, she she blew her credibility. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I agree with that, with what you said about how I, I would have preferred a more measured response from the athletic department, I think. This is a news cycle and we've had this conversation already, but this is the news cycle where. MSU can take some body blows and just diffuse these types of things yep. and just yep. take the punch and say, mm-hmm, okay, let's go. This is what happened. Outline it. Don't fight back and just let the situation, you know, dust in the wind. Um, not that I'm, we're not taking sexual assault seriously or any of those things. Um, again, right. This is a differentiation between Paul Levine and Outside the Lines article from last week to the one that we're discussing this week. Um, but right. um, but yeah, so we'll see what comes of this. Uh, I saw, as I said, very little traction for it in the national or local news media um, concerning the seriousness of the accusation. I mean, what? What ESPN was trying to accuse Tom Izzo of was interfering with the sexual assault investigation. Right. And that, yeah, that so, was, yeah, it, it, it got no traction. And, and cause anyone who, who did the context work was like, wait, what? No, no, this isn't, nope, not a thing. Um, so let's, let's head over to some other, uh, basketball news. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the lighter side of basketball news, which is to say, we're going to talk about basketball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> More recruiting freaking out? Yes. Is that the later side? Uh, <laughs> so there were, you know, look, it, it's, I, I've said this before, I, I, one of the things that I don't like about basketball chatter is that there's always a focus on next year's team. Um, mm-hmm. Even when you're in the middle of a, a potentially final four run season, it's like, all right, let's talk about 2021. Um, and I don't think that's healthy. But we're at the point now where we can have that conversation. And the fact of the matter is that we have, um, we have a combo guard coming in, which is to say someone who can kind of play point guard is probably a better shooting guard, but can do a little bit of both. Um, and, and we have uh, one of those on the roster. Yes. In rocket Watts, who let's be honest. I, I think we would all agree is, in his nature, a shooting guard. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, he just can handle the ball well enough that he could play point. Um, and then we have Foster Lawyer returning, which, you know, um, it, it it just hasn't been there yet. There's there's not a there's not an on court indication that Foster will step up in such a way that we can expect him to be a reliable point guard for next year. So we have an incoming combo guard. We have a sophomore combo guard who really is a shooting guard and foster lawyer who just hasn't been able to show it in the big 10 so far as much as we might want him to. And we hope that he does. So that's all by way of saying we don't have a point guard. Uh, and there were two, um, proven point guards who, uh, hit the transfer portal as grad transfers, which means they would be immediately eligible for next year. Yep. Bryce Aiken from Harvard 
and Carly Jones from Bradford. Both have now, uh, moved help on. Help me understand, <laughs> sorry to interrupt you, but help me to understand the scholarship situation right now. Yeah. All right. Oof. If the fan base is upset about neither of these two coming here, sorry to spoil that for you. Um, where does that put us with scholarships? Where would it have put us with scholarships if we accepted one of these two guys? It would have essentially meant that Xavier Tillman can't come back. Am I mistaken yeah, about or, that? Or, or there's a transfer. Or we don't give a scholarship to somebody. I, I mean, I don't know what their letters yeah. say, but I, you know, in theory, you could take a scholarship away from somebody. Um, it, it's not, it, it, the scholarship situation is complicated right now. It, it, I mean, it's that simple. And, um, it, the fact that we might've been flirting with this is maybe an indication on where Izzo's head is on, on the likelihood that Xavier Tillman's coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Either way, we're we're maxed, and so there's one other thing that we're chasing right now, which is uh, a point guard out of Canada, um, Kareem Maine, who may well be a one and done level talent. Um, if he's not one and done, he's not there for more than two years for sure, by by all accounts. Um, and apparently, we're in the running, but. I I would just say, as you rightly pointed out, the scholarship situation is complicated. And the other piece of this being that um, I think we just have to adjust expectations and, and be comfortable with that you, the plan is never, I, I assume anyway, oh, we'll pick up a grad transfer, mm-hmm. right? Like that's that's not how Izzo has built his teams like oh I'll just you know we'll plug in Juco players for uh, he's had a couple he had Brandon Wood and he had Bryn Forbes and uh, uh, Aaron uh, from West Virginia um, oh is, yeah Aaron um, I don't um, want to say Harris it's not Harris though not, not important uh, this yeah. is the dead air that we'd like to avoid so yeah, I, I understand, but that's not, it's not really, you know, particularly for a, a you know, a point guard, I, I would be surprised that Izzo's calculus was, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get a grad transfer point guard. I it just, I can hear you looking up right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Aaron Harris, you're correct. Uh, it was Aaron with an E. Yeah, I knew that. Anyway, yeah. the, the point is, I think it, as fans, we need to adjust ourselves for the fact that next year's team is going to look very different. My understanding of the way um, it, it may well operate with Joey Hauser is that the team will be a little bit like what Draymond's junior year, where we were running a lot of the game through the high post. Sure. And uh, that's that's Hauser's sweet spot. Hauser has the vision to be able to do that, and, and so it just we kind of we're we're lucky with what we had with four years of Cassius, um, and in a certain style of play. And next year's team is just going to be a lot different. And maybe just maybe we can trust that Izzo has put together a fine enough sample of work product that we'll be okay. Indeed. So, you got anything you want to add to that? No. No, All I think right. that was well said. Um, I'm not particularly worried about missing out on these two point guards. I mean, Ro- yeah, Rocket's going to put up 30 shots anyway and make like half of them, so it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Anyway, let's get to our first not a sponsor. First and only not a sponsor this week. Yeah, because we had so many sponsors, there's only one not a sponsor. So, you know, there's only so much uh, not a sponsor room. Hmm. Hmm. So, folks, this week's episode of Can't Read, Can't Write is not brought to you by the NCAA. In the midst of this pandemic, while employees and facilities are redeploying, redeploying time and talent elsewhere to cope with a drastic demand for needed supplies, the NCAA is too. Having announced last week that winter athletes won't have their eligibility extended, the NCAA wanted to offer basketball fans and functioning humans with a soul everywhere a punching bag to be angry with. That's right. It's hard to pivot after 100 years of mediocre sports administration and absolutely inconsistent rules enforcement. But the NCAA, sensing the CDC and major airlines had taken enough heat, decided to double down on their historic disrespect for student-athletes' needs and desires. So we thank you, NCAA, for keeping it real and keeping us focused on how terrible you truly are. (laughs) The NCAA provided uh, some wordy copy there, but uh, well said. We, we, We thank you for giving us an outlet for our rage instead of just sitting at home and being angry about the situation of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. The NCAA making itself useful, even in times like these where there are no sports. Yes. Uh, let's head off grand river, Kevin. And, uh, why don't you tell us what's going on in the rest of big 10 basketball? Yeah. So if you've been watching the, the transfer portal, and I know that our listenership is there always refreshing. Um, there has been, <laughs> a deluge of big 10 talent on the, uh, on the old transfer portal. Um, most notably from Ohio state and we'll get to that. But today, Matt Harms, uh, from Purdue, who you'll seven, four, seven, four, a lot of hair, although apparently he buzzed it. Uh, I don't know if that was like an acting out sort of thing. Um, and that's that he will be, uh, yeah, I don't know if he was like, maybe he joined a biker gang, you know, just, uh, or he got was into like some... crying in the bathroom, just like shaving his head. I don't know what the situation developed was. some weird political beliefs. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> um, now he was starting to lose some time to Travion Williams at the end yep. of the season. So that's probably a contributing factor in all this. But by all accounts, he was going to play next year. So this is a big surprise. And now it sounds like things are coming together as of this taping. I think it is still rumor that nope, David it's Julius. Confirmed. It is now confirmed. Thank you. David Julius is leaving U of M. Um, you may recall he got a lot of play when they only had five man and six man rotations. <laughs> um but I, it sounds like that U of M roster, speaking of roster churn, is going to be wildly different next year because yeah. they've got some you know recruits coming in. There's speculation on some others. There's speculation on some of these transfers that MSU also didn't get. There's also speculation that some of their commits are going to go play in Europe. It's a thing. It's a whole thing. So uh purdue u of m and then finally as i said ohio state so we already knew about uh, a couple of these gaffney you know he announced his transfer last week two weeks ago with right after dj cartons also did um those guys weren't playing a whole lot in fact gaffney i think didn't even play like at the end of the regular season like at all um but today or yesterday Luther Muhammad 
also announced that he was transferring and he was averaging over like 20 minutes a game. Um, yep. so that's significant. Um, at the same time, they're bringing in some transfers, Seth Towns, uh, from Harvard, apparently Harvard producing a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of transfer prospects right now. Well, you only get, you only get four years in the Ivy league. Ah, so you got to, there's also yep. no scholarships in the Ivy league. So that's probably a pretty good deal. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Jimmy Sotos from Bucknell, who I'd never heard of before um, the announcement, is uh, is joining the Buckeyes. Um, so from Bucknell to Buckeyes, um, <laughs> wow. somehow you managed to downgrade. Um, wow, we downgraded so with that joke. the The question here is: Is something going on at Ohio State? Um, he- is there something in the water in there? Is there something at the program? I mean, here's your cho- your chance to speculate wildly. Is that part of the drinking game? Do we have one I, for I, that? Um, we Greg don't. Greg and Jones speculate wildly. Two drinks. I it, that it, that is a a huge level of churn. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and you know, it, I know, I know. DJ s- stepped away uh, earlier in the season, and. It, you know, despite some some Buckeyes fans being terrible human beings, it, it just sounded like it, you know it, I, I empathized with the guy. It, it, he 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 seemed very sincere and heartfelt, and just needed to get away from for his you know he he said for mental health reasons, and um certainly and publicly he had a lot of support from the program. Yeah, and and we most definitely here sincerely hope that 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 process is is being restorative to him. Um, but Luther Muhammad stepping away is is kind of a, a head turner, um, mm-hmm. and particularly because you know their rotation I think got pretty tight Here, to the point see. that the you know that Ohio State's issue sometimes was almost a conditioning issue, um, or you know not a conditioning issue, but that if you had enough bodies to throw at them, um, you could wear them you down. Could just wear them down. Yeah, and and so, um, I I don't know if they I, I don't know enough about their recruiting class if Luther Muhammad has reasons to worry that next year he he won't have the time. I mean that very well could be a situation. I I doubt. What is it, Holtman? Yeah, I I, I don't. I, he seems like a pretty good coach. I, I don't I don't get the sense that he's like lost his team or something. Yeah, I mean there was talk about him being. I, I've seen him said to be like the best coach or the second best coach in the big 10, which obviously he's not. But, uh, <laughs> at the end of the season, they effectively had a six man rotation with, um, the brother Ons coming off the bench. Uh, sure. so Luther Muhammad was playing 20, 30 minutes a night. Now, now again, that's probably a function of necessity, you know, the roster at that time, but still, I mean, this was a guy that was getting a lot of play. Yeah. Um, let's move on to some sad news. Um, this has been not a fun podcast. No. Been a downer. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the Tiger King himself, Al, Al Kaline, has passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this was... <clears throat> Al Kaline was before either of our times. Um, 
were you i mean you were a baseball fan you were a giants fan were you watching tiger's broadcast back in the day when he was still um you know I, in the studio i don't think so i don't think so like i knew about him i know the legend you know he got the you know he was the batting champ um i mean i knew about lk line um but at our age, I think we're just a little bit too young still to like know much about LK line unless you're like a Tigers Tigers fan. Um, you know, obviously he's been around the program. He pops up all the time. Um, so it's a bummer. I mean, there's a lot of these Detroit sporting legends that are just sort of in this age right now where we're going to be losing them. So um, and the, the last ties to Detroit having greatness in sports. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we have some levity about it, it's that Al Kaline uh, passed at a a ripe age, and <laughs> it's it's been a while. Um, so, uh, yeah, very sad for, for the sports community and, and for baseball in, in general. Um, and so, you know, uh, how about we'll... We'll have a drink to Al. So cheers, everyone. Cheers. Uh, and with that, Kevin, we'll move uh, into Twitter questions. But first, we teased it. This is a big moment for us. We actually have a second very real sponsor. Real sponsor. Um, so want to let people know that now is, uh, where's my stat here? Um, rates for mortgages right now are at their lowest point ever, literally ever. So while there's a lot of confusion and turmoil in the market, we wanted to let you know that if you happen to be in a place where you're looking to potentially buy a home, that we want to give a, a bit of a, an endorsement, a recommendation, an advertisement, an advertisement, if you will, Mm-hmm. to a mortgage loan originator that, uh, that we know and uh, love dearly. Our friend, Brandon Sands, and we'll get to you how you can give, uh, get your contact info over to him, is a licensed mortgage loan originator since 2004, having closed over 10,000 loans. Uh, every, type of pos- every conceivable type of loan, um, I'm not going to go into all of them, but there are apparently a lot. Uh, you're a homeowner, Kevin. You know about no. these things. List them all off. I want to hear about each one and his <laughs> thoughts on all of them. I will not. But uh, here's the thing is that, you know, you can, Brandon's selling money, right? And so you can get money for a home a lot of places. And so why would you turn to Brandon? Well, first of all, he works for a company called Guaranteed Rate, which is the eighth largest mortgage lender in the United States. But about him as a person is that he operates a little bit differently than most loan officers. He's not going to spit out a rate and try and sell you on it. What he's going to do is a comprehensive financial review that's looking at your credit, income, assets, equity, long-term goals, short-term goals. And then once digesting all that information, he's going to cross-reference it against available products and have a very consultative service with you. So given that rates are at the lowest point ever, if you happen to be in the market to buy a home, we would encourage you to have a consultation with Brandon. There's no upfront fee it's a no-cost, no-obligation, co- comprehensive review to find the best product for you. And fun fact about Brandon, uh, give him a little street cred for the Spartan family, is that as a busboy in high school in Reno, he met Bubba Smith. And he was, that was easily the highlight of his life for two years. So 
Uh, if you want to get in touch with Brandon, we encourage you to go to rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. That's R-A-T-E dot com backslash B-R-A-N-D-E-N-S-A-N-Z. You can DM us if you want the info. Uh, but write that down. Hit the rewind button. Listen to it again. Reach out to Brandon. Please tell him that Can't Read, Can't Write sent you. It would mean a whole lot to us and a whole lot to him. So uh, that's a very long plug that you hopefully will continue to hear because y'all go and buy houses for us. <clears throat> Jonesy, I, uh, if, I, if I may, just for a moment. Um, first, really excited to have Brandon on board you know, helping us out here with the podcast. I have yep. to say though, we got to work on this plug, man. Yeah. We, <laughs> you got to tighten it up. <laughs> all right. So, uh, we, we're going to need some punchier lines. We don't need all these details. Okay. We got to do just like Brandon Sands, best in the business. Oh, and then you, you got to be like best in the business, whatever you need, he's going to make it happen for you. If you can make up something about how he'll buy your house or something, if things are sure. bad, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, perfect, mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. better. Like none of it, <laughs> yep. none of it matters. Plus, if I may add, we've got a bit of a brand here with our sponsors, yep. right? <laughs> Flip. We need to add that Brandon Sands wood paneling all over his office. Beautiful. Very true. Glorious wood paneling everywhere. Fantastic. So, I'm going to need you to Valenti up this little segment <laughs> for next week. All right. Just rub, just make it sleazier, <laughs> make it punchier, and then repeat the website 15 times. <laughs> for hymns. Uh, no, yeah, we will, uh, Brandon, we will get to a punchier, punchier thing, but did want to give him the full spiel at least this one time. Uh, a consultative assessment with Brandon Sands. In wood paneling over beers for certain. If you want him to drink on the job, he will drink on the job. Uh, let's get to <laughs> the these. Man will drink on the job. <laughs> let's let's get to Twitter questions, uh, Greg. Because oh boy, um, remember that time I said, "Why don't we do power rankings of Twitter questions?" And you said to me, "Do you it's think a bad that idea we'll, that it will alienate some of our listeners?" <laughs> you remember that. <laughs> I will well, point out. I will point out that even though our engagement is up a hundred percent or one hundred and fifty percent, our listenership is down fifteen percent. So maybe we did alienate some of our listeners. I bet with, it has with just more Twitter questions. Nothing to do with the fact that people aren't driving anymore. So if it was part of your routine to listen to the podcast <laughs> in the car, that part of your life is gone. I bet that and, is not <laughs> the reason and that, maybe, that our listeners. Maybe you is don't digest. Slightly. Uh, sports podcasts when there are no sports and that might have something to do with it as well um but hey look if uh those those slobs over at couch in the rube can do two shows of twitter questions a week i think we can do one contest a week Mm -hmm. so by the way folks anytime we attack couch in the rube you get a drink um so you wanted to lay out very clearly because we've been doing these power rankings what the rules are so tell the because the people have asked they've called us out They've asked yeah. specifically, what are the terms of this? All right. So, so go ahead. why don't you let him know? No, no, you, you, you let him know. Okay. So Michael and I are going to alternate each week, ranking the questions entirely by our own choosing. So you have to get to know us and our personalities and what appeals to us when you're crafting your question. <laughs> However, we do run our power rankings past the other one who has editorial rights. 
So for the last couple of weeks, Jonesy first week came to me and said, here's my rough list. And I was like, eh, I kind of like, you know, we jostle things around a bit. Likewise, last week I went to him with my list and we made some changes. So this week, Mike Jones and, and then, is your oh yeah, yeah. judge, jury, and executioner. Um, <laughs> so we'll take that. We'll take our weekly rundown and then we'll weight it with previous week's performances to do the final power list. And Jonesy, do you want to like elaborate on that at all? Sure. So, you know, obviously it, it, it being a power ranking, it, it is, it is a cumulative, uh, you know, performance, but you do have the ability because, uh, you know, uh, most recent performances sometimes, you know, being able to stay in the race is important. So for instance, we got Raymond Chains at number three right now, and he has put in a couple consistent weeks. And so, you know, coming into that final week, that consistency gives him a shot to make that leapfrog up to the top. Now, let's say you are a power questioner. You have been, you know, dropping solid questions week after week after week. And then one week, you just kind of phone it in probably not going to crush you. So that's what we got. And then at the end of the month of April, we're going we're gonna to pass out a nice little prize to whoever's winning, and we will repeat, rinse and repeat for the next month. So Good? Perfect example. Brandon List, our first Twitter questioner of the week. Phoned it in this time. This is, <laughs> this is his first time. He's new to it. But well, he, he asked questions out. last week. Okay. He asked Second that time. Beyond questions last week. Oh, yeah. Okay. Better questions last week. <laughs> Slight <laughs> dip. Slight dip. But we keep your entire body of work in mind when posting our power rankings. So, B-list. Do not get upset with yourself. Don't beat yourself up just because of your dated references. We, next week, we can do better. We can move you up. So, we'll talk <laughs> about that. But should we, should we jump into this? First yeah, one let's do, from Beelis. Let's do you it. Ready? Yep. Mm-hmm. First one from Brandon List. He asks, is the dress white or blue? Uh, Brandon. All right. So we're going to, your first question is already five years too late. Six <laughs> years too late. Um, but the dress is blue. Um, welcome to the internet. And uh, I thought it was blue and black at the time. Uh, it is indeed blue and black. <laughs> you got anything to add to that, Kevin? Uh, I would, I would say that this meme is from 2015, which seems like a lifetime ago, which seems so long ago, especially in coronavirus terms. Um, next question from B list, uh, who let the dogs out? So now we've gone from 2015 to 1999. B list. All right. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, and then finally, Grecky, why can't we get a dog? Okay. This is the best question. And the answer is um, because, Brandon, um, you've been a disappointment to me this week in Twitter questions. <laughs> you haven't shown that you have the responsibility to take care of a dog because you couldn't take care of Twitter questions. This is easily the hardest we've ever been on a Twitter question. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come back until you put some effort in, Brent. B. Um, all right. Next up is Nate C, who went the real uh, quantity route here. Let's mm-hmm. find out if he followed it up with some quality. Well, first this ask, first one seems to be for you, so I'll, I'll read this. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Uh, I thought I heard once that you used to be a lawyer. How much money <laughs> would, need, would we need to raise for you to help get Joe Exotic out of prison and back on Netflix? Well, so I think uh, you gotta you gotta answer this question one of two ways. First is you could raise a lot of money. I could put an elite crew together to break him out of prison. That is one option. The other option is raise enough money for me to regain my law license because I don't practice anymore. And uh, then you would then need to raise money for me to go to the prison. It, it, I don't know. I'd do it for forty. Um, what? That's it? 40K? Yeah, I'd do it. I would, uh, I would I, get so much publicity out of that. So much true. publicity. It'd be I great. I would point I, out that Joe Exotic can be in prison and still be on Netflix, because that's what's this happening true. right now. So. <laughs> also true. Uh, next question from Nate C. What was the last board or video game you played? Uh, well, if video game... We're like, excluding mobile, I assume. With Well, do you play mobile games? For sure. I'm, uh, I've been playing uh, NBA 2K lately. On, on your phone? Yeah, it's great. Yeah? Okay, yeah. we'll talk about this. I used this to play after. Madden on this on my phone. I just don't see how it could possibly be great, but we'll find out. Um, the answer is Jackbox Party Pack, man. Like, we just had two family game nights over the weekend. People love this stuff. Family game nights all the time in Corona Land. So that's the answer. Before that, though, it was StarCraft 2. Um, because when I had a coronavirus lockdown, the fir- my brain went to, let's replay StarCraft 2 for the thousandth time. Cool, cool, um, cool. Yeah, I'm a great, I'm a very cool guy. Uh, Nate C. also asked, what does MSU as a school and fandom need to do to get on an Alabama, LSU, or Clemson level? Well, I'm going to actually steal a Graham Couch answer here um granted his you know his radio show is whatever but um that's that's just for the drinks jason just for the drinks um the uh, i think he raised a good point which is that in those places it's just it football season is the thing that you do you don't have a vacation home you don't go deer hunting like you go to football and um you could say that Michiganders just have uh, more well-balanced lives. Um, but uh, I also think you need to win and you need to invest in a better stadium experience than we currently have. What about you, Greg? This is a good I would question, also point actually. out that all of these schools are Southern. I yeah, think no, that's... I plays a plays a huge role in this. It's very difficult for a Northern team to do some of the things that these other teams are able to do. Um, next question, will coach Tucker continue to reach out to fans or do you think his, uh, last Q and a was the one time it was a one-time thing driven by a strange and specific situation? I think that strange and specific situation is ongoing and will be ongoing for a while. And we will be seeing other coach Tucker outreaches, maybe not an ask me anything type format, but other ways of connecting with the fan base. I think. I, I think it's pretty obvious that he's going to do that as part of his personality. Um, yeah. Particularly while he's cooped up. Um, Nate C asks uh, tent RV or hotel. Well, Nate, I mean, obviously it depends on the situation. 
Uh, you, you go into fit, uh, visit family, it's unlikely you're bringing your tent and camping out in their backyard. Uh, they, they may find that to be a little weird and off-putting. Um, that said, I love backpacking. So, you know, if, if the question is, if I was somewhere where I, you know, all three were options that made sense, I, I'm going tent. Um, unless it's like a, you know, if it's a music festival, then I probably go RV. What about you? Um, have you ever taken an RV anywhere or a caravan? I have not taken one anywhere. No, I, I just don't see the appeal of our, of RV life. Um, I've tailgated in an RV and that was fantastic. Um, but, uh, I'm a, I'm a hotel guy. I'm an indoor cat. Um, <laughs> next up from Nate C, where's the first fun place you're going to go when we can go places again? <laughs> The, the bar. <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think there will be something, you know, as much as we, we put together a list of, of cathartic things, um, I think going somewhere that is inherently celebratory uh, or, you know, uh, whimsical, social, whatever, uh, is, is your local watering hole. Um, yeah. You know, maybe for other people, it's a coffee shop to sit there and read or whatever. But uh, for me, it's it's the bar, though. I, I know you said first fun place. I I do think there will be something to finally going to the grocery store and not being afraid. Mm-hmm. So, will the grocery store become fun? I don't think so, but there there will be. It, it will be interesting to see. I think when that switch gets turned off in our brain of, I just went out, and that legitimately might have been a life or death decision I just made. Do I have to put? my hands in boiling water now as a result. <laughs> um and i think the the bar you go to is the land shark obviously yeah as well as new owners <laughs> yep i'll own it by then uh and we'll have a can't read can't write live uh, recording from the land shark and we'll hand out shark mm. bowls it'll be glorious um this Next is a question. great question for you so you can offer it to me i will um what big project around the house are you finally getting to now that you can't go anywhere well, I think there's like this concern about like, can I go get supplies for DIY projects? Or is that like kind of pushing the limits of this whole lockdown that we're in? Uh, there is paint and there are things to tidy up and clean. Uh, so we're disposing of a lot of stuff in the basement right now. And then there is going to be a repainting of trim upstairs. Uh, you are sequestered at your in-laws house. Are you helping them with anything? Are you, are you earning your keep? I am. So, you know, I've been, I've been doing some cooking. Um, that's been my big contribution is, uh, two to three nights a week. I do dinner, but, Mm. um, my father-in-law just installed a, or built for himself a, um, like a, a grill station. So, mm. It's, you know, he, he did the, the cinder block, uh, sort of situation in a, you know, kind of a bracket. And then I helped him pick up granite and, uh, seal the granite onto the top of the cinder block, uh, situation so that he's got a nice little grill uh, station. There you go. Yeah. So not bad. Pretty good. yeah. Yeah. Um, Last question from Nate C. When was the last time you skinned your knee and what were you doing? Well, Nate, that's a personal question. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) Kevin, come on. I mean, we all know. (laughs) 
<laughs> Next question is from Raymond Chains. Uh, do you have a favorite Twitter troll? I recommend at Three Year Letterman and at New Nedsfeed. Nedsfeed. Um, I, I mean, I think. I mean, CT and TC is our resident troll. We always <laughs> shout him out for that. Do you have anyone else that you kind of have in mind? Um, no, I, I mean, um, no, I, you know, to be a good troll, I think, and I checked the feeds of these people and they, they seem to do, they seem to be entertaining. Um, and to be a good troll, you need to be able to take jabs in a way that people kind of tip the cap or say, oh, that was clever instead of taking it personally. Um, and so, uh, Raymond's got some solid recommendations here. If people enjoy the, the troll sort of thing. Next question <laughs> from Raymond Shane's. What would a Jim Harbaugh energy drink taste like? Um, well, I think it's <laughs> Raymond. Here's what you're going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to help you brew your own Jim Harbaugh energy drink. Okay. So I need you to go to your closet and find a pair of khakis. All right. Then you need to put those khakis on and then take your shirt off immediately. And then go for a really long walk on a humid summer day. Go back home, take those khakis off, and wring them out with all that sweat and juice right into a glass, and you've got a Jim Harbaugh energy drink. My answer to this question would be that it'd be called enthusiasm. And it would have like a really like gnarly label and be like, ooh, enthusiasm, enthusiasm. And then you'd pop it and it'd be flat. Um <laughs> <laughs> Next up, up from Raymond Shane's. Do you think greedy professional and D1 sports will start up again too early due to greed and boredom? Well, uh, we kind of covered this already. It's a good question. And uh, though, you know, I do think it's interesting the XFL hopped on board with doing the right thing, though it seems like the amount of fans that we're getting, they probably could have social distanced the situation. Um, but you know the NCAA is not going to miss out on revenue mm-hmm. two years in a row. Um, so I, I think you see more adjustment of schedules. I, so starting up again too early, I'm not sure. I'm sure, I'm sure someone will do it, though. Because I mean, look at it this way, right? You know there are people in your community, you've seen them, who are not mm-hmm. doing the right thing. Yeah. It, who just think it's not serious and... And this is very much a situation where those assholes are ruining everything for all of us, because the more that people aren't doing the right thing um, and, and taking seriously minor things like having to go to the grocery store, like that, that is a very serious thing you've just chosen to do. Um, you, you got these people and they're, they're contributing to the elongation of all of this. And so I assume that professional organizations are oftentimes not di- that different than people and you will get group thinking there and we will have someone who does the wrong thing. I don't know. What about you, Kevin? This is a good question. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think the lawyers would get involved. I think there's some degree of liability there, right? For these sure. organizations in some way, making their athletes, whether they're professional or student athlete participate in these games and that may be detrimental to their health or the health of their family. So 
I don't know. I think it might be tough for organizations. I kind of think sports might be lagging behind societally, like where we're at, unless yeah. unless there's a vaccine and athletes and and other people in in sports, you know, are sort of like skewed up in the rotation to get that, which is possible. Um, I don't know. I I guess I you also of, have to. You have to consider too that they probably really need the ticket sales, and so they likely won't start until people are at a place where they're feeling safe again. Yeah, um, and so that may well be part of it too. Is that there may be a genuine economic calculus of, yeah, we're not good. You know, people aren't going to store like you know if retail shops aren't opened up, like non-essential retail shops, then I don't see how you see a, a sports team coming back. Although TV rules everything, so maybe that. Anyway, is Spartan Nation ridiculous in its fawning over publicity hound Mel Tucker? So we know how Raymond feels about Mel. (laughs) Did did a Colorado fan hack Raymond's account? Um, (laughs) So, Raymond, here's the thing is, and we've said this, I think we said it last week, that Mel Tucker hasn't won a game yet. He hasn't coached a practice yet. You know, there is, you know, there's certainly things on his resume to give you some optimism, but, you know, Proof is in performance, and there's he hasn't literally has not had a chance to perform. So, I think the the fawning I, for for us anyway. I'll speak for us. Don't mistake our enjoyment of his engagement as fawning over him as a football coach, as a messenger for the program. There's a lot of reasons to actually be excited, and so I don't think it's bad to be excited about the culture and vibe that he's putting out there. Kevin, what's your take? Same. I, I think he's using the one tool he's got right now. Mm-hmm. And, and very well, my, yep. I might add. Uh, um, moving on. Thank you, Raymond. Excellent questions. Uh, you're going to do well in these power rankings. Sawyer, like Tom asks, do you have a favorite part of a favorite part of pregame. And I'm meaning pregame like a band person. So like the stuff that happens in the stadium, not the drinking beforehand. Well, Sawyer, like Tom, um, when you talk about pregaming, it is drinking. But uh, <laughs> for for me, I mean, so I know there's a lot of people who who may want to change Thunderstruck as the <laughs> the song at the beginning of the game. Though I enjoy faking the confusion of what's going to happen to sparty when the lightning starts brewing like and the what's he gonna do what's gonna what's what's gonna happen (laughs) and then you know like holding each other back like what's gonna happen and then just erupting with joy but i don't think that's what you're really asking for me i the it's when the uh the drum major does the bend over backwards if i have to pick a band thing um and except for that one time that they fell over at U of M. That was not mm. great. Mm. Uh, how about you, Kevin? Uh, I like the, the flag core, the, the big 10 flags coming out. I mean, mm-hmm. um, cool. Sawyer like Tom also asks some establishments might not recover from the lost revenue due to quarantine. What yellow location would be most devastating to lose? Kevin, the answer is obvious, right? Blanchard. It's the land shark, <laughs> the yeah. land shark. Landshark, uh, first and foremost, tops, big gap, crunchies, barrel, <laughs> ricks, all of that, you know, other stuff. Um, 
I'll yeah, it's probably toast. it's probably crunchies or barrel, right? I'll add toast to that list. The toast is a great little the toast. Toast is a great little sandwich place over in uh, Hagedorn Plaza. I think is what it's called. Uh, that cool. is almost never open under normal circumstances, but uh, it's a sort of Mr. Yeah. Taco situation. Try to go there if you ever can. <laughs> so it is a Mr. Taco situation. Yes. Um, what is the oddest piece of Spartan paraphernalia you own? Uh, she, she says, for some reason, we have an MSU checker set. Kevin, do you have our Spartan paraphernalia? And you know what I'm talking about. I do. It's right behind me. There's no way. MSU green flag right here. Oh, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm looking at it. I'm talking about what the wall. You remember the wall? wall? The Drew Stanton wall? I've got one or two of them in mom's basement. I know where they are. You got, you got to get those framed. Uh, and anytime there's an opportunity to on someone's Twitter question, uh, you know, asking, um, like, you know, who would we want to meet or something like that, I always tag Drew Stanton, <laughs> hoping that just once he'll respond. Surprised I haven't been blocked yet. <laughs> um, Next question from Sawyer Like Tom. What's your favorite football game time? Noon, 3.30, or night game? This is a good question. I don't think so. It's 3.30, and that's it. That's that. Yeah, it's 3.30. For sure, 3.30. You get the I, longest tailgate, and then you don't have the long period of time before you get to go out and to party. the bar afterwards. Yeah. yeah. It's obviously uh, 3.30. At what point in time was going to the bar the thing instead of a house party because in my mind I, I'm disconnected from East Lansing right I haven't lived there in forever but in my mind game house party like that's that's the procession of things yeah when you turn 21 though or when you return to campus you're not going to a house party when you're 26 you're not going to pass it'd be weird so <laughs> is it any weirder than going into the riv post like on, on a on a burger rama when it's a whole bunch of kids in there, is it really that weird? I mean, we'll have to. Talk I'm going to crash a house afterwards. party. I'm going to have. I'm going to have to crash a house party when I come. Okay. To All right, we'll take you to one. Um, next up from Sawyer, like Tom, are football games just too damn long? No. Next question. I kind of disagree with that. I think four hours is pushing it. Um, what's we get your twelve f- of them, man. Twelve. Yeah. Uh, Sawyer, like Tom. What's your favorite cheer? Bonus points if you know what the actual name for it is. What's the name for one, two, three, first down bitch? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> what's, what's the name for it? My favorite cheer is it's time to move the chains from my Spartan Stadium dad, the chains moving guy in section 19 or 18 or whatever it is in the southwestern side of the. Is that where you watch games, Kevin? What's that? Is that where you watch games? Yes, it is, especially now where I watch games from. Um, Next up from Sawyer Like Tom, you've got a blank check and you can spend it on a tailgate and you can only spend it on a tailgate. What are you spending it on? Uh, Well, so I think we covered actually part of it up top. Obviously an RV. You got to have an Mm -hmm. RV, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That was the first thing that came to mind. You got to have some sort of ping pong table situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to have some, uh, some cornhole, right? Yep. Um, you need to purchase the tailgate spots, uh, immediately adjacent around you. So you yep. can really spread out, <laughs> just be a real asshole about the situation. And, um, I, 
I think maybe you're you're doing sort of a, a catered uh, tailgate um, with yeah. You don't, kind of, you don't want to cook. No, so, um, and kegs, right? Kegs, obviously, and sure. Fireball and White yeah. Claws. What, claws. What else would you add to the mix? Oh, and uh, a paid Drew Stanton appearance. A paid Drew Stanton. Appearance. <laughs> Bring it all back together again. Uh, all right. What was your college beverage of choice? Do you still drink it? Uh, Kevin, let me let me throw this one to you first. I think I'm speaking for everyone at MSU when I say it was Bush Light. I mean, Bush Light was the beer. Um, yeah, sometimes you do high life, right? Yeah, there's the occasional. I mean, you 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 know you flirt with other things, but you always go back to Bush Light at the end. Yeah, I mean, because you're, um, you're poor, it's cheapest. The answer is I've had an occasional Bush Bush Light after that. I don't reach for it; it's not my default. But um, I, what was I your enjoy the warm embrace of a Bush Light? What was if you were having like a sort of a cocktail in the house uh which and i use the term cocktail very loosely um do you have any that you have memories of for instance uh i remember vanilla burnettes and root beer hmm. um maybe it's maybe gold jungle and, juice and pepsi something like that <laughs> something, and something not like that. not having it all right um Next question from Sorry Like Tom. Did y'all do rec sports in college? What do you think is the best sport for a rec league? Well, the best sport is soccer, right? Probably. And the answer is no. I did not get that involved in rec sports. <laughs> I did I Am Hockey one year. Oh. Um, that was a lot of fun, actually. Um, I would probably, honestly, I would maybe do, I would probably pick like maybe ultimate or flag football over or kickball over soccer. That'd be my take. All right. Next up, I'll have two. That's Papa Jones coming into the mix. The one and only. My dad saying, other than Fraser's Pub, what is the one bar you would like to visit for a few hours after all of the sheltering in place is over? I mean, the easy answer for me is Crunchies or the the front patio at the barrel. Um, That's... I mean, that's it. That's tops. It's also within walking distance for me. So that's my answer. What do you got? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it, there's a handful of places in Philly that come to mind. Um, and so I guess I, I have to go to places I've lived before because having just moved and then having life upended shortly thereafter, I don't exactly have a place that I go to. Um, but you know, handful of places that I've been regulars, or I would certainly say crunchies or the barrel. Like I would love to sit on the patio with, uh, a long Island at, yeah. uh, the barrel. That would be, that'd be great. It, I would be like being back home. Um, so yeah, other than Frazier's, those would be my answers. Um, <laughs> my dad asking, <laughs> what was your first beer? And if that brand, uh, and if that brand or variety was offered you today, would you take it or go for something else? I honestly don't know. But in my early days of beer drinking, there was a lot of MGD because the people around <laughs> yeah, I me remember that. had strong preferences. So um, I'm going <laughs> to call like it MGD because I don't think it was MGD, but I'm going to call it that. Um, and the answer is no. MGD might be the last beer that I would choose <laughs> to reach for. I honestly, I don't know that I remember what my first beer was. Um, it might have been weirdly bougier than yeah. um, 
like it might have been a Stella or something. Um, and, uh, and I mean, the truth is, mine's probably like a Bud or a Bud Light or something like that. I, I mean, no idea it, what it is. Yeah, uh, because you know what? Mission accomplished on that first beer. So yep. I don't remember. Um, next up, Taylor Anderson. Favorite thing to order at Crunchies? Oh, it's, well, the only thing to order at Crunchies is the bucket. And then you do it yes. on a Saturday night, and it comes with two buckets of food, and one of those is going to be the pizza nugs. And then you can do whatever you want with the other one. I don't care, as long as I get my pizza nugs, and I get my shorts <laughs> local light in that bucket. Confirmed. Right. Uh, next question from Taylor Anderson. The year is 2009. You're back in East Lansing for Final Four weekend. Where are you watching us win at? Win at? Um, you can go first. <laughs> uh 2009 final four 2009 i'm trying to remember I, you I weren't I was with back. me no i was back in ann arbor then mm. um but assuming you're back in east lansing for final i was where go ahead well no uh, the question is you're back in east lansing this is making for great radio um you're back in east lansing for final four weekend where are you watching us win at and if i'm back in east lansing then I'm probably watching it at a house somewhere, if I'm being honest. I don't, it, for me, I would rather watch that kind of a thing. I, I'm, a, I'm a nervous wreck. I yell, I scream. I can't do that stuff in a bar. I will get bounced. So I'm at your place, Greg. Where are you? Well, I wasn't there in 2009. I was on the floor at Ford Field with the Izzo. So oh, you, just, you just wanted to flex. Yeah. You were just, you, oh my God, that was sad. Uh, that was sad, man. So you just, that's what, that's what I was so, doing. Oh my God, you're so pathetic. <laughs> Taylor, I'm sorry. Um, this is not going well for you and it's because Greg is the worst. So no, everyone actually, drink I think that was a fantastic question. Oh my God. Um, Next question is from Nathan Brooke. Who will be the first recruit to commit to Mel Tucker? Do you care to speculate on this? Cause I, I don't know. Pick one. It, it, it will be someone that we have not heard of. And I think in a way, Mel Tucker actually has already had his first recruits commit. Um, Jordan Simmons was probably the first one, and then he picked up that transfer from UTEP. So there's that. Um, but I think the likely the first one is not someone that I've heard of or at least tracked. All right, moving on uh, to the upper deck jerk guy, Michael Jones. First question, how's your 401k? Well, upper deck jerk guy, let's talk about being graduated into what people dub the Great Recession and then really coming professionally alive in the middle of a larger, uh, more systematic economic collapse that is not even tied to an economic system but forces beyond our control. Um, it's not great. Um, not great at all. So this yeah, is this not helping you. This is not one helping of, you. One of the uh, the other titles for this podcast that we almost almost went with was "God Save the Green," um, <laughs> but we didn't because we were afraid I'm that people would think didn't. that it was a financial podcast, <laughs> which we are definitely not one of. Um, don't look at the four hundred one k upper deck jerk guy. Don't look. I haven't. Ride I looked at my Acorns out. account, mm-hmm. which oh, that was that was rough. 
I, and I went on the day that it was the day that the market had a rally and I'm like, I made, I forget how much money that day. Mm-hmm. But then I looked at my month total. <laughs> it was so sad. I was still so down. Anyway. Don't look at the brokerage um, accounts. Stocks are on sale right now. That's all that matters. Um, yep. Just continue to regularly invest at regular intervals for regular amounts. Yep. Upper Deck Jerk Guy also asks, should we just make the purge a real thing? Um, yeah, because the rules are if you're out at a certain time, right? Like you're fair game. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think it's uh, no purging in someone's home, right? Sure. Um, and I think uh, maybe some people get badges. Bec- no, no, no. If, if there's a day of purge, you just don't buy groceries that day. So, <laughs> yes, if you are out on purge day, you are fair game. I, I'm, I'm with this. We will, we will get either herd immunity or be able to wait this thing out if we make the purge a real thing. I'm there with it. There we go. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Come full circle. There you have it, people. folks. Uh, uh, the, the upper deck jerk guy also asks, what's your most embarrassing story from your time in college? Oh, I mean, Bro, how long do we have? <laughs> oh my God. I like, I'm just so many things are coming to mind and my parents listen to this podcast. So do you have one that comes to my, how about this? Do you have one that comes to mind about me that you would be comfortable saying, knowing that my parents listen? A one that was embarrassing for you or one that was yes. embarrassing for me? Um, <laughs> I mean, there's so many that just flood to my mind um for me the most embarrassing thing that happened relating to mike jones is i was woke up by mike jones one morning while we were living together and uh as it turns out i i I missed him so much that i took a little nap in his bed (laughs) on uh i think that was a saint patrick's day and i just like I just blew it off. I was just like, oh, what? Oh, yeah, I'll go back to my no, bed now. <laughs> no, you came in to my bed, decided to sleep there, and I said, hey, Greg, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm going to sleep. And I had to leave. He was, oh, my God. It, that was weird. It's, it's not as weird as the Phil story, but we'll have to save that for another day. That'll be another um, time. <laughs> um, I'm not that's embarrassed by one. it at all. It's not a good answer uh, to the question. Do you want to no, do this next but one? It's, yeah. Uh, Upper Deck Jerk Guy says, I've written two novels. I'm halfway through a masterpiece painting, and I'm starting an opera. What have you done during isolation that will enrich society? Well, Upper Deck Jerk Guy, what do you think we're doing right now? Yeah, that was my answer. What do you think? You're participating in this great social experiment known as Can't Read, Can't Write. I mean, this is our opus. <laughs> this and, is it. Um, I've stayed home. That's what I've done. That's yeah. how I've enriched society. Upper deck you... Mensch. Yeah. Uh, next question. Are you using any cool Zoom backgrounds? I think specifically I'm not using Zoom backgrounds because I've taken stock of the people that Zoom backgrounds seem to appeal to and I've decided maybe I don't entirely want to uh, associate with that uh, group of dudes. From IT. <laughs> uh, they're, um, they're big in my company. Um, people do them. And so I put the, the Spartan Stadium one up that MSU oh. released a whole bunch of uh, um, Zoom backgrounds for people. And I put the Spartan Stadium one up. There you go. And then it caused way too many questions. And it was just whatever. Um, 
Next question. So all these fake tournaments are showing that Izzo may have gotten a second natty. Could 2020 get any worse? <laughs> no. The answer, I mean, the answer is yes, it will get worse. Um, <laughs> but also, no, it could not. Uh, this team was primed for a deep run. And yeah. we'll always speculate about what could have happened. Anything yeah. else on that one? No, you're right. Um, <laughs> next up is Greco. <laughs> Isolating with other people. How... <laughs> How have they not killed him yet? Well, I'll have you know, Upper Deck Jerk Guy, birds of a feather flock together, and my wife is just as irritating and annoying as I am. So <laughs> mutually offsetting you. irritations, and uh, and we're doing okay. Um, <laughs> I, I like how he's gone from Grecky to Greco. Maybe this is because <laughs> he's taken up painting. Um, Greco-Roman? Yeah. Um, uh Last question from the Updirector guy. So if college football doesn't happen and programs lose a, this is PG-13, so an F-ton? The Apple cast. Yep. Uh, an F-ton of money. Uh, what programs should Michigan State cut? Remember, you have to have an equal number of opportunities for men and women. Can I cut lacrosse? Yeah, already cut. Congratulations. <laughs> you already did that. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I've seen no evidence to suggest that MSU is interested in its swimming program. I think this the <laughs> there's actually evidence that it's for like four not. Years. Yeah. Um, so that one can go. Both of those can go. Who cares about swimming? Also, have you ever been to a swim meet? Dull. Dull. <laughs> it's um, it's pretty much NASCAR in the water. It's so much worse than that. At least the people <laughs> around you in NASCAR are interesting. Um, <laughs> and what does your wife do again? She's a she's a, a school counselor and a and a swim coach. Um, <laughs> uh, a varsity so swim coach. I would start there. Start with swimming, and then cut from there. Uh, what about you? Um, so I mean, we're joking, but uh, you're not wrong. It, swimming is indeed the place to cut. Um, because you can do you can do that one equally too, and it and it frees up a pretty significant expense in in the pools um and i have to just pick one right what pro- yep. uh, e- yo just two um so that's an ev easy even cut um next up soldier uh good to hear from you man uh yeah. football and basketball are dominating the popularity contest and it's time we have to change that if you could grant one sport the popularity those two have which one would you choose and then this got and some uh, traction. It's got some play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so at Corey, Unzer, uh, Corey underscore Linzer, y'all are doing a disservice not watching the MSU hockey team. Danton Cole has that program in a great spot, poised to do special things in the years to come. That sounds like Jerry Bear's burner account. Um, Matt Dobson says probably baseball slash softball. College level soccer has been pretty, pretty fun to watch. So Matt, which one is it? Is it baseball, softball? <laughs> anyway, uh, what would you pick? Soccer was what came immediately to mind to me. Uh, I kind of enjoyed that run in the NCAA tournament that the men's team had uh, last year or the year before now. I don't know. Time is in a warp. So um, that was my gut reaction. Um, what about you? I'm going softball. I, I think softball is an incredibly underrated sport. Um, you know, it's a, it's a smaller field, so the action's faster. There's usually one pitcher that you can ride for almost all of these seasons. So, you know, you have 
sort of genuine star power there. And because it's a, a smaller field, there's um, the strategy that sometimes makes base that like literally sometimes makes baseball interesting is more often at play in softball because mm. uh, you're oftentimes having to manufacture runs in ways mm. that uh, that you sometimes see in baseball. So I would go softball. Yeah. Um, John Hubbard, yep. uh, former leader of the power rankings, currently in number two, says, "What was slash." Is your favorite place to vomit in public in East Lansing, Greg? You take I, this. You you have know the lay of the land. I uh, for my for my guy John Hubbard. I'm going to say specifically just because of where this question is coming from. Taco Bell frat first and foremost, um, and then that's like a golden oldie. Uh, and then second would be the People's Church. Man, it's a nice no. little spot they give you right on your walk home. I, I would say probably behind Crunchies or um, what's the name of that coffee shop? Uh, Big B. Yes, Big B. <clears throat> yes, and that's it does the one. have to be Big B, Michael Jones. <laughs> yeah, uh, but but behind either one of those, which is also near the People's Church, <laughs> um, is it weird that is it no coincidence that both of those are sort of on the way home to Delta Street? No, yeah. I mean we're just talking our uh, our, our, our experiences. Yeah, yeah. Next up from John Hubbard, which one of you is Simon and which is Garfunkel? Uh, and he says, this is not a height-related question. Um, well, I, I think if we're being honest, Kevin, mm-hmm. if one of us was to break up with the other and continue to do things uh, and have success, it's probably me. So I'm Simon. Yeah, and you also, you know, uh, what's the word for it? Um, culturally mm-hmm. appropriate. Uh, african music all the time so wow uh, wow so it's perfect wow wow stepping wow. right into that role uh next up from john hubbard what are you doing with your hair during quarantine letting it grow until whenever we can leave home again giving yourself a quarantine crew cut or letting a family member live out their dream of being a barber slash hairstylist on you uh, so I've actively solicited uh, someone to just at least cut the the back and the sides of my hair because my hair kind of grows literally out. Mm. Um, no one will take me up on this. So <sighs> it's just doing its thing. How about you? I've lucked out. I haven't needed it yet, but there is uh, some styling clay for upcoming Zoom meetings that may come into play just to sort of... <laughs> get things in control but I, i'm not uh-huh. there yet um next up take this next one <laughs> what kind of leaves does grek recommend as t- a toilet paper substitute uh pine cones <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the correct answer that is correct is that is that right yeah it's actually that's a come on you know you flexed about making it farther in boy scouts which by the way why would you flex about latrines man latrines anyway pine cones it's a real thing it's a real thing there you go um next question dick vital or will team in you have to choose one to follow you around and narrate your life i i think this is easy yeah i would like will team in if he was narrating my life instead of a game that i was trying to listen to on my on uh, on my commute um could could you imagine though you're like shopping for like meat or produce and you pick you pick a lime out and he's like he got it he got it he got it (laughs) voice cracking 
Um, I'd like to do things quickly and just see how many, like how far ahead of Will Team and I can get and just watch him try and like blather and catch up with me. That's uh, an exercise that I would do. Will Teeman is buffering. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, our favorite troll, CT and TC, who's hanging out just on the bubble, um, wants to know, you can make two changes to NCAA rules. For whatever reason you want, player equity, competitive balance, whatever, what would you change? Oh, God. I, uh, this is homework. This is, um, I mean, do you do the low hanging fruit of like name, image, and likeness for the good of the players? Um, I would, if I can make two changes to NCAA rules, I'm going to pick one. I would go ahead and let play force players to switch sports midseason. I don't, I don't know. I've got nothing. I'd put a spending cap on facilities or, or some sort of uh, proportionality to it. So like, you, you know, for whatever amount past a certain dollar you spend on, on facilities, you need to reinvest in um, know, academics or something like that. I, I mean, the, the arms race on, uh, on facilities would be one place like that. I would, I would change things. Um, I probably would give players like a one-time transfer without having to sit out. Um, but you, yeah, I might do something like that. I'd, I'd have to like tweak the rule, but probably something about transferring and letting them just do that. Uh, next up from CT, when you're judging an athletic program, how important do you consider results against rivals? Well, it's one of several things that I consider CT and TC. It's part of a, you know, a very elaborate, uh, calculus that I run in my head, uh, of which, uh, success against rivals is one variable. Um, you know, there's Though, other things, you know, it, it is, it is not to be undercut. So for instance, let's say you are the highest paid football coach in the big 10. Right. And you have literally never beaten your rival. I would say that's pretty important, but you know, uh, the, the highest paid coach in the big 10 has beaten his rival a few times. Wait, who, who, who's highest paid now? And then lost to another rival every single time. So, Uh Oh, Oh yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, but you know, uh, anyway, CT then trolls. Relatedly, of the zero men's and women's MSU athletics teams that have won the most recent head to head match against Michigan, which is your favorite? I had no idea that this was true. And I haven't fact checked it. I trust CT and TC that this is true. Um, To me, this was a good indicator to me that I hadn't been on MGO blog in a long time because I was completely unaware that this was the case. Didn't. Um, What do you but, got? Yeah, I was going to say, I thought women's cross country actually beat Michigan, but I think maybe they just were more successful. So there's. Well, that. he did say head to heads. Right. So no, I that's. Yeah. Are there, are there head to head cross country meets? That's, or is it that's all just thing. invitationals? Then I guess if it's just invitationals, then, um, then I guess the whole season is just head to head, you know? It's mm-hmm. just one big head to head. And so I don't know that you can call that true, CT. Which means you're See? a liar. So take a walk, CT. Welcome to but, the bottom of the power rankings list. 
but um, what is? Do you, can you pick a favorite team? I mean, that um, is the core of his question. Of all of our MSU athletic teams, yeah. I love them all equally. They're all my children, and I <laughs> dedicate my time to them equally as well. I definitely <laughs> don't play favorites. <laughs> Dude, it's basketball. Um, it's basketball at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, I I have a really hard time picking between football and basketball. I, I do get more up for football season, but um next question is you writing his same question again. Yep. Then he okay, asks two times. Uh favorite beat writer. Uh Brendan Quinn, I think, would be it. Um, so we're going to take columnists out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say, oh, well then I think I lost it because Quinn would be a columnist. I think probably right? he, 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 he dabbles in both. You can have Quinn. Um, right. I'm, I'm just taking like, I'm, I'm taking couch out of it. Um, so I might go, I have a hard time choosing between Charbonneau and Angelique or not Angelique. I'm sorry. Um, and Solari, uh, but I think I go Solari. I think I like Solari's content better. There you go. Um, most recent novel you have read? Well, I mentioned last week I'm working on the Foundation series. Uh, I'm also working on the Norm MacDonald book, which is uh, sold as an autobiography, but it it is not. <laughs> so that those are the two that I'm working <laughs> on right now. Uh, what about you? So I just picked up the um, uh, John Connolly series, um, and so I'm reading Every Dead Thing, um, Mm. which is like a apparently a weird blend of uh, supernatural slash cop thing. Um, It's been enjoyable so far, but I have not gotten to the supernatural piece. So uh, check back later. I I hear it's kind of like um, you know the show Preacher. Yeah. I haven't watched yeah, it, but the, I know that it exists. There's, you know, it's there's some sort of crossover between. It's almost like um, magical realism of some sort. Um, okay. It's not a vampire sort of book. It's you know, of it's course. an intersection. Anyway, um, next up, Anthony Garvert. What is your all-decade MSU team? He means basketball here because he says stick to positions as best as you can: point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. Do you want to take this first? I mean, this one, I, I wish I'd spent more time on this. Um, so for me, I'm just going to spitball here. Uh, point guard's cash. Um, shooting guard, I'm going to circle back to in a second. Uh, small forward, I'm going uh, Valentine. Power forward, I'm going yeah. Draymond. Center, I'm going... Um, Jaron Jackson yeah. and uh, at the two. Do you want to go Gary Harris? I mean, this is just yeah, like that's... the highest. What we've come up with here are basically what are the highest drafted players at each of these various positions. You can also grab Bryn Forbes at shooting guard at the two guard. I'd probably, probably put Gary Harris there, though, if I'm being um, honest. Yeah. Though, you know, honestly, you, you know what? If if I've got some flexibility, I'm probably putting cash at point guard. I think I might, if Zell can play the two, 
I put Bridges in at small forward. Put Draymond okay. at power forward and and Jaron Jackson. That that might be that. I mean, God, that would be a physical team. But I mean, Denzel was putting up triple doubles on the reg. Like he could play a two spot. I mean, Denzel got some National Player of the Year credentials, so you gotta. He's yeah, gotta find so, a place on this team. Yeah, um, it, it is amazing to me how the, the amount of talent that has come through that we can. I don't want to say forget about Denzel Valentine because no one has, but like dude was legit amazing. And, you know, I don't know where he falls on the rankings. That's not what we're going to do right now, but of, you know, all time MSU, but uh, man, he was good. Anyway. Good question. What do you got? Uh, no, I, I basically, I took your list and I added Gary Harris to it. Um, yeah. But that's a good question. Good opening salvo there, Anthony. Yeah, Anthony, if you want to compete for that uh, that, that dollar dollar bills, um, keep bringing these um, yeah. and more of them. Next up, Jer Bear. Power. All right. There's this clarification. Is a multi-parter. On this. <laughs> yeah. Um, he asks, "Power rank your favorite characters from the following shows." And what he wants us to do is pick one character from each show, and then rank those five characters. In a power ranking. So the shows are The Wire, Parks and Rec, The Office, Game of Thrones, and Gilmore Girls. So why don't you tell me who your five are and then rank them for me? All right. So starting with The Wire, Omar's too easy. So I'm going to take Lester Freeman from The Wire. And I should note that I never finished The Wire. So I don't know how his arc goes. And I also don't know later characters. Um, Jean Ralphio from Parks and Rec. Clear choice to me. Creed from The Office. I struggled a little bit with The Office because it's not my all-time favorite show, but I'll take it. But Creed Creed is always money. Yeah. Uh, And then Oberlin from Thrones and, um, or Oberyn from Thrones. And then I'm going to go with Kirk from Gilmore Girls. Um, As for my ranking of them, Sean Ralphio, one. Oberyn, two. Creed, three. Lester, Kirk. So from the wire, you're right. Omar is so obviously the right answer. Mm-hmm. Um, though bubbles is pretty fantastic too. Yeah. Bubble. I, I thought about bubbles. I did, but, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Bodie. Um, one of the pit boys. Um, I really liked his character. I thought the actor did a fantastic job. Um, the Lester is a great pick. God, I I'm literally in the process of rewatching the wire. If anyone, if you've not so, seen The Wire, get to get to episode three. It is the best show ever. So I thought about picking Wallace, um, and we would have been in major conflict. Yes, we would have. <laughs> um, Parks and Rec, Jean Ralphio is a great pick. Um, Dennis Feinstein. Sure, uh, good. I mean, I love myself uh, some uh, Jason uh, Manzukas, But um, I got to go Jeremy Jam. I, yeah. I got to go Jeremy Jam. Uh, from The Office, this is going to be a, a weird pick, but Toby. Um, okay. Toby is, yeah. Toby is not inherently comedic, but if you actually pay attention to Toby, everything he does is hilarious. He is the best straight man ever. Does that include um, being the Scranton Strangler? <laughs> is that hilarious to you? <laughs> It is. It is. And, and just the like constantly bragging about jury duty. Like, oh my God, he, he is very funny in a tragic way. He's also um, definitely the Scranton Strangler, by the way. Um, continue. 
Thrones is um, why is his name escaping me? Um, uh, the Man of Many Faces. Uh, oh yeah, um, Jacques and Hagar. Um, yeah, there you go. Hagar loved him, and Gilmore Girls. I'm going to go with um, Freddie Spaghetti, and I, based on who I picked, I'm going to go Toby Jam. Bodhi, Jacquin, and then Freddy Spaghetti. Okay. Gilmore Girls last. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen For it. For both of us. No. Um, next up, and uh, finally, I think, from Jer Bear, top three positions for MSU football recruiting oh. this offseason. Also, oh my God. episode so long. Do um, we get a point guard, a grand trans- grad transfer? Also, does anyone enter the tra- enter the tra- Okay, I was not expecting this to be a three-part question. Uh, so let's start. Top three positions for MSU football recruiting this offseason. Um, we, need, we need depth at corner. Um, yep. And I, I think we're going to need to do some replacement at the D-line. Yep. I'm a little bit less worried about running back for the moment, and you'd like to see some, some playmakers uh, at wide receiver. And... If we have a current crop of offensive linemen who are good, which I think we do and relatively young, then we're going to tackles. Offensive tackles is the thing we need to recruit, period. That, that's my answer. Offensive tackles. Yep. I agree. Uh, next up from Jer Bear, do we get a point guard grad transfer in basketball? No. I think we already discussed no. Uh, and finally, does anyone enter the transfer portal from MSU basketball? No. I think, I mean, do you have to name it? I mean, the safe thing to say is yes, one. Because, like, there's always the possibility of, like, Gabe Brown. There's always the possibility of a foster lawyer, you know? I don't think Gabe enters. Um, I I think it's either uh, Bingham uh, or Foster. If one of them enters, it's Bingham or Foster. And finally, finally, hypothetically, best show to binge while holding a baby at 3 a.m. Asking for next week. Uh, I think the answer is the wire because you are going to want to introduce your baby immediately into uh, the woes of corruption, institutional inequality, um, disadvantaged communities and the oppression that has gone on towards them. Police brutality, you know, capitalism being terrible, uh, you know, the wire. I think the wire is appropriate for a baby. How about you? Perfect. Raise (laughs) raise him on the wire. Um, Um, Yeah, we'll go with that. That's great. Uh, the wire it is. Uh, and I think we have a it. lot. We have a lot to think about. A very long show. I I hope that it's at least enjoyable for those of you who participate. We encourage you all to keep participating, and and thanks for listening. Um, we hope everyone's staying safe, being responsible, and uh, and staying connected as best they can. We we appreciate this chance to interact with you. And so, um, oh, and last bit of news, Kevin. Uh, MSU may have found a way to sterilize and reuse N95 masks. So yeah, the baking of them. Yeah. Yeah. Go green. Go white.